Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, a former Playboy model and paranormal investigator returns to the Playboy Mansion to investigate a possible haunting. It is rumored that one of the Mrs. Letts actually died in the house. So that's where the original ghost stories come from. And her death is a mystery because some say that she jumped from the balcony to the marble floor and others say that uh, she was pushed. This podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Paranormal Contractors. Maybe you have a problem and you don't feel comfortable discussing it with friends or coworkers. There's something going on in your home or business and you can't explain. Maybe it's, dare I say, something paranormal, something demonic. This is no time to be dealing with amateur ghost hunters. You need to bring in the professionals. Paranormal Contractors is a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. They use the latest technology to investigate, authenticate, and remediate your ghost or demon problem. Call 1-866-724-0800, 1-866-724-0800, or email them at paranormalcontractors at gmail.com and tell them Richard sent you. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Friday. Bridget Marquardt, a former Playboy model and Hugh Hefner's former girlfriend, also the host of a new podcast, Ghost Magnet, is standing by to talk about her lifelong interest in the paranormal. And of course, Friday also means a visit from Christian Decadure, the real John Constantine from Paranormal Contractors. Bridget Marquardt is best known to television audiences and pop culture connoisseurs as the sweet and brainy star of E! Network's wildly popular reality show, The Girls Next Door. After moving out of the Playboy Mansion in January 2009, Marquardt began hosting Bridget's Sexiest Beaches a 16-episode series on the Travel Channel in which she traveled the globe searching for the world's best surf, sand, and sun in countries including Croatia, Jamaica, Thailand, Spain, Australia, and the United States. In addition to her starring roles on The Girls Next Door and Bridget's Sexiest Beaches, Marquardt has made many cameo appearances both in film and on the small screen. She acted as an associate producer on 2009's The Telling and has appeared in such movies as Scary Movie 4 and The House Bunny. She's appeared on numerous television shows, including Curb Your Enthusiasm, Entourage, General Hospital, and The Celebrity Paranormal Project. She's also hosted her own program on Sirius Satellite Radio's Playboy station, entitled The Bridget and Wednesday Friday Show. Marquardt's hobbies and interests include party planning, aerial trapeze, and all things paranormal or scary. Her brand new podcast, Ghost Magnet, debuts March the 11th. And she's on the line from her home in Los Angeles. Bridget Marquardt, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on the new podcast, Ghost Magnet. 
First of all, we yes. should let people know this is debuting March 11th. It's just around the corner. Where can people hear it? This is going to be on iTunes and Spotify. All right. Now, your interest in the paranormal is lifelong. It goes back to your childhood, I believe. Tell me about that. It does. It does. So um, back when I was really young, I mean, it just started out with like a love of scary movies and spooky things and that kind of stuff, which um, led me to one time play with the Ouija board with my cousin. And um, while we were doing that, it led me to um, to play with the Ouija board and with my cousin. And uh, we were trying to reach my great grandfather who had passed away. And at that time he was the only one that we had known that passed away. And so, um, we were trying to reach out to him and supposedly we were talking to him and, uh, I was accusing her of moving, moving the planchette and she was accusing me. So we just gave up on him, just didn't think anything more of it. And then later, uh, I came home from school one day and the, I came in through the back door and the back door flew open uh, a few minutes later and I went back over there and I shut the door again and went back into the living room. And then um, I was doing my homework and the back door flew open again. And so I went back in there and closed it again. And then the third time it happened, I was like, what is going on? This is really weird. So I shut it and I locked it. And I was looking around to see if somebody was out there or what was happening, um, locked the door. And then as I was walking down the hall, out of the corner of my eye, I thought I saw what looked like to be my great-grandfather standing there. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, it was very scary because I was like 12 when this happened. It was very scary for me. And, um, and ever since then, I was having, well, not ever since then, but for like a few years after that point, I started having some like nightmares and the, the uh, feeling that he was there and like a presence around me. And it wasn't, it wasn't a positive feeling like a guardian angel or anything like that. It was something very negative and, and scary. Well, that's interesting. And, did you, um, so, excuse me, but did you, did you know your great grandfather? I did. And we had a wonderful relationship and my memories with him are very, um, that he was always very laughing and funny. And, um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't spend tons of time with him, but you know, holidays and, and actually I used to, we used to live kind of behind his house and I used to go over there when I was really, really young, just walk across the backyard that, that matched up and would take cookies out of the little pantry and stuff. But I was way too young to have like a, a meaningful and, and super memorable relationship with him. And yet, And, and yet you had this negative vibe after you saw, I guess, was it a full on apparition? It appeared to me to be when you, when I turned to look, and this has happened to me uh, later in life too. When I turned to look fully, it's just gone. So then you're second guessing yourself of what you saw, and and you know just the details of it and everything. But he appeared to be sitting on the hamper at the end of the hall, hmm. and. It, it was just very weird and strange. And I told my parents about it and my parents had the pastor come over and the pastor, I feel like clearly did not believe me and told me just to start keeping a diary of, of what was going on. And my grandma had me start talking to a psychiatrist and the psychiatrist basically said that in her opinion, that a lot of girls who are going through adolescence and hormones, that kind of stuff, experience these kinds of things. And she wasn't really sure why. And sometimes it indicates trauma, but there's no indication there was ever any kind of trauma or anything weird like that. Um, 
And it went on for a couple of years and then it was over. But ever since then, I felt like I was, I've been more sensitive to things that I get a feeling when I go into certain places, like almost just sort of like a heaviness. Um, and, but it also, even though that experience with my grandfather was very scary, it also intrigued and piqued my interest in paranormal and ghosts and the afterlife and all of that kind of stuff. So I, for just fun, would stay in places that are supposed to be haunted. So if I were traveling, I grew up in Northern California. So if I would come to Southern California, say I would be like, I have to stay at the Hollywood Roosevelt or at the Queen Mary or whatever. And then at midnight, we should walk around and go ghost hunting. And I didn't have any equipment or anything like that. It was just more for fun. Like, let's just go and walk around and see if we can scare ourselves, you know? And um, so that's how it's been for most of most of my life, just kind of when I travel, stay at haunted locations. Um, if somebody asked me to go somewhere that was kind of creepy or haunted, I was always in. Um, and then when I, I moved to the mansion, um, there's definitely a feeling at the mansion with stuff going on. And um, that's actually my first episode of the podcast. Yes. So I felt like it was only natural that I talk about that. Um, yes. I, I had an I employee do. come on that. I do want to. Uh-huh. I want to come back to the uh, the first episode in the Playboy Mansion, but I just want to circle back to something, if I might, and that is yes, you, you you began you began talking about your experiences with the paranormal with a, a Ouija board session, and I'm wondering whether you think that rather than you know it, it being a case of your your friend you know moving the planchette or you were doing it or maybe unconsciously you were doing it maybe you were reaching out but it wasn't your great grandfather maybe it was some low low energy kind of trickster um, entity and that that is what has been sort of um dogging you all of these years well, as an adult and looking back on it, I absolutely do not believe it was him at all. And I do think that it was something else entirely. And I mean, whether it was, it's just a time period where the imagination runs wild in like adolescence or whether um, something was really going on, I'm not sure, but I definitely don't think it had anything to do with my grandfather. Um, it just appeared to be that way. It right. appeared that that's who they were tricking us into thinking that's who we were talking to, and 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 it came in his appearance. Right, that's what but they call them familiars. Him. Right, they were assuming his form. I mean, I'm I'm somewhat yeah. conflicted by the whole idea. I I kind of stay clear of Ouija boards, um, but because I'm a pretty cautious, conservative fellow, but. I do wonder about whether we are sort of opening a portal, uh, and if it's, I, I've I've come to understand that there's kind of a procedure to close to close a session properly, in order to make sure you know right. some entity doesn't glom onto you or or follow you home, etc. Right, and as a 12-year-old playing with it, I was 12 and my cousin was probably 11. We don't know those proper things. It's a game by Parker sure, Brothers. Like exactly. We're just trying to scare each other and have fun and and that kind of thing. Like We weren't um, taking it so seriously or anything. We just thought we were going to get you know, some fun out of it, a little scary, maybe. Right. Now, when you would go and stay at the Roosevelt Hotel, and I love uh, how, you know, the Roosevelt Hotel, every major city practically in the United States has a Roosevelt Hotel. It's usually the oldest, most 
let's say grittiest hotel in town uh, for some reason. But well, not in LA. No? It's very glamorous. Is it? Oh, it's okay. Very glamorous. Yeah, it's right on the Sunset Strip. It's a beautiful hotel. Um, and they've completely they've done many renovations ah. on it, and it's a it's a place to go. Okay, but a lot of the towns, you know, they has the the Roosevelt tends to be an older an older hotel, obviously. But having said that, did you have that that did you get that that vibe that strange vibe that you were looking for when you went to places like the Roosevelt? Not so much at the Roosevelt. The Roosevelt has a very nostalgic like a. Uh, a very cool vibe in there and I didn't have any kind of paranormal experience. They have a mirror that supposedly Marilyn Monroe appears in. They have um, they have a lot of stories there. Uh, one of the guys who does the uh, what's called Dearly Departed Tours here in LA, yes. he stayed in one of the cabana rooms that's next to the pool and he had a very horrifying experience there which i would love to i want to i want to stay in that room and see if i can have anything happen in there but um i did not experience anything at the roosevelt the queen mary on the other hand they've invited me a couple of times to come and stay in are you familiar with room b340 yes you know that's that's eerie i wish you could see what i'm looking at on my computer because i just while you were talking about the Roosevelt and the mirror and Marilyn Monroe, I was t- typing in Queen Mary because I, that was my next question. I wanted to, because that is reportedly one of the most haunted locales in North America. Okay, so uh, a long time ago, I went and spent like like I said when I would just come to LA to visit. We stayed on the Queen Mary. Mm-hmm. And we stayed in an inner um, room, so there's no portholes. And it's really dark when, when you turn the lights off. It's completely pitch black because it's just one of the inner the inner rooms. So um, we were staying in one of those kind of rooms. This was a really long time ago, so we're on a budget, you know. <laughs> and um, we, were le- we were leaving to go explore the ship, and we said, we're gonna leave the light on because it's just too dark in here. I left the light on, went out and explored the ship, came back, and the light was off. And I went, that's weird. I thought um, we turned the light, I kept the light on. And, yeah, I thought so too. Oh, well, whatever, you know. Then we went out to go, I don't know, eat or explore again, kept the light on. This time we're like, we're, we're leaving the light on, right? Yes, we're leaving the light on. Come back in, the light is off again. This happened like three times and we're just like, all right, fine, whatever. It must just turn off automatically, like if you aren't in the room for so long or whatever. And then the next morning we ran into housekeeping and we're like, hey, do the lights turn off just on their own? And, and she was like, no, but you're staying on B deck and it's the most haunted deck. The TVs turn on on their own. The TVs turn off on their own. The TV, the lights go on and off on their own. And we're like, wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was our big experience there. And, and then also we were walking down the corridor and I have not been on a, a diff, another ship. This is the only ship that I've been on. I've never been on a cruise or anything like that. But um, the corridors are just so long and narrow and you can see like all the way down. Yes. And it, there's just, it's, they're just so narrow. And we were walking down and on our little ghost hunt in the middle of the night. And we both heard something go like a bounce behind us, mm-hmm. like a ball bouncing. And we turned and both of us saw what looked like a little kid just like disappear. So there's all these little tiny shoot, like corridor offshoots inside the main corridor. And so we were like, wait, what was that? And we went back to look and there was no corridor there. It was just a wall. But we both saw something out of the corner of our eye, like kind of just go right and something small that looked like a little kid. Right, right. Remarkable. So the, those were some cool things that kind of happened a long time ago when I stayed on the Queen Mary. And then since then, I've been fascinated by the Queen Mary and 
Um, I even got Hess to go spend the night on the Queen Mary once, and we went on a really cool ghost hunt in all all over the ship. I mean, they let us go in the pool, and, and there's no water in it. We got to walk down and right, take right. pictures inside the pool and stuff, and um, and and go every part of the ship. And they were they were super cool about it, and. Um, uh, we were a huge group though, and we were filming with girls next door, so nothing really paranormal happened on that event. But since then, I've gone back, and they invited me to be the first person to stay in B three forty. Yeah, they just opened it up last year. Room. Yeah, after thirty years, yeah. they've opened it up. Exactly. So it's been closed for over thirty years because too many people had reports of things going on in there. The the bed would supposedly unmake itself. The water would turn on on its own. People would hear knocking on the doors, like those kinds of things. So they closed off the room, and for a while it was offices, and then they made it into just like a room that they didn't keep up, and they actually had cameras in there twenty four seven, so you could go to the website and watch that room anytime you wanted to. Oh, wow. But they've recently, like you said, like a year ago. Uh, renovated the room and um and then um my fiance and i were the first ones to get to spend the night in there and unfortunately nothing happened while we were in there we tried we had i brought my little ghost hunting kit which isn't a big kit i have a, a k2 meter mm-hmm. and um I, I just have a few things in there it's not not a lot of stuff but we didn't we didn't catch anything and then i stayed again with my girlfriend and um we tried, and I even put uh, like a nest camera. I tested into the couch because they invited us to dinner, and I thought, why are they trying to get us out of the room? They're gonna, are they going to try and do something while we're out? Uh, right, so I was right. going to try and catch them in the act of, of setting us up, and but nothing happened. So I mean, I feel hey, like wait a minute! I thought you're supposed to be the ghost. You're supposed to be the ghost magnet. What's happening? <laughs> I know, but I got nothing in B340. Nothing. Hmm. So Just for, for people that don't know, not. sorry, excuse me, but for people that don't know, B340, I mean, it has a death list like a mile long. There was somebody killed his entire family, supposedly, uh, in, in B340. Um, someone uh, someone had their throat cut. I mean, it's a, it's a long death list, and yet uh, there's no records of this in the ship's logs. I don't know. It's It's... It's pretty mysterious. Anyway, pardon my interruption. I just thought people would like no to know. No worries. That. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The the history of it is. I mean, the his, the whole history of the ship is fascinating too. Yes. I mean, it, it's just been through so much, you know. So I definitely have had experiences on the Queen Mary. Unfortunately, they just weren't in B three forty. Not yet, anyway. But I also don't think that you can just spend one night, or in my case, two nights and very spread apart um, in one area and expect that you're just going to get something immediately. Right. Even if you're a ghost magnet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You mentioned uh, Hugh Hefner and and you took him on board. Did you two, during your relationship, did did he share your interest of the paranormal? You know what, he loved... he, he loved that kind of stuff. He loved spooky things. He, he was a really big fan of like the original uh, Universal Monsters and he like made a scary movie when he was younger. So he was very into the creepy stuff. But as far as ghosts themselves went, he wouldn't go that far, but he was entertained by my my love of it and he was a really good sport in allowing me to have paranormal investigators we had Barry Taft come to the mansion and do an investigation um he loved telling the ghost story at the mansion that we have like long ghost stories that were even there before Hef he was all about the ghost stories and that kind of thing so he was a really good sport about it but I wouldn't say that he was necessarily a true believer or would have pursued it any 
had he would have never have had like a, a paranormal investigator come or anything like that. He just kind of thought it was entertaining. It's Friday. That means a visit from the real John Constantine, Christian Dicadur of Paranormal Contractors, a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. Hey, Christian, how are you? Hey, Richard. How are you? Terrific. Thank you. And you're coming to us live uh, from Ocean Avenue in Amityville, Long Island, New York. You're literally right across the street from the, the infamous Amityville Horror House. That is correct. I mean, I could literally, if I threw a rock right now, Without a lot of force, I could hit it. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, the new owners have changed the, and rightfully so, I guess, uh, changed the uh, the outside appearance of, of the home. And uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, thank goodness for GPS because uh, it brought me to the uh, the right location. But uh, no, I'm, I'm parked right in front and I'm, I'm looking at it as we speak. Let's talk about some more tech, some more devices that you use during your investigation. You wanted to talk about static electricity detectors. What are those? Okay, so for the longest time, individuals in the paranormal industry, they and, and they still do, and I, I'm not a firm believer in EMF, uh, which stands for electro, uh, electromagnetic fields detection. EMF detection, they're used by electricians, they're used by so many channels of trade. And you're going to get a lot of false positives with EMF uh, equipment, detection equipment, if you're going to use it for the paranormal industry. However, in the last decade, what has become very popular are static electricity detection. Now, static electricity is very hard to, it's a lot harder to get a false positive with a static electricity detector because when somebody passes on, the soul does in fact carry um, an amount of static electricity. Sometimes you can get a false positive if you rub your hands, you know, violently together. If you know, if you rub them violently together and you put your hands near the detection, of course. However, all things considered, if you've gone through the appropriate protocols in order to prevent that, uh, then you can certainly rely on uh, a static electricity detection because it's one of the best tools to see if you have paranormal presence in your environment. It's something that I use continuously and I, I absolutely swear by them. All right, if someone has unwanted paranormal activity in their home or business, how do they get in touch with paranormal contractors? Well, if somebody wants to get in touch with us, uh, we would be more than happy to help. You can reach us at paranormalcontractors at gmail.com or toll-free at 1-866-724-0800 or you can contact me directly, 416-994-0777. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Richard. It's always a pleasure. Check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. Richard is a very strong and handsome man. Just not in our reality. Although I heard somebody passing him in the hall the other day, and it was good, good, a handsome man, Richard is. I made that up. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. 
former Playboy model and paranormal investigator Bridget Marquardt is here. So episode one, again, debut is March the 11th, and that's on Spotify and and iTunes. And it's uh, centered around the Playboy Mansion, uh, where you spent um, several years. Uh, was it seven? Yes. Seven years. Six you moved and a in? half. Six and a half. Oh, six and a half. Yeah. All right. So you know, you know the the all the the little corridors and every crook and crevice of that place. Uh, tell you me know what I thought I did. Oh. I thought I did, but I had an employee come on um, to, for that first podcast episode, and he worked there for twenty one years, and he was telling me about spots that I did not know about that they specifically blocked off in the basement and said that oh that doesn't go anywhere when they actually did. What's going on there? So. I thought I knew everything, but I didn't. There's like secret vaults and and extra storage tunnels and who knows what else going on down there. But I had investigated, or not investigated like paranormally, but had just gone around um, the basement and looked around and everything. And I really thought that I had seen all of it, but apparently I had not. Hmm. Uh, for those not familiar with the history before it was the Playboy Mansion, uh, tell tell us a little bit about that because obviously that that plays into what might be going on there. Definitely does. So it was a um, a 400 acre ranch called Wolf Kill Ranch, and it was an Indian reservation. Um, it was bought and turned into what's called Homeby Hills, which it's still called now. And um, the original owner passed away, but he left the property to his son for development. They wanted to put a university, which is UCLA, and retail, which is now Westwood area, and uh, houses, which is the Holy Hills section and uh, the Playboy Mansion was the first house to be built. Well, it wasn't the Playboy Mansion at that time, obviously, but that house was the first house to be built on that property. It was uh, built in 19, it started in 1926 and was finished in 1927 by Arthur Letts Jr. And his father uh, bought the Broadway department store in downtown LA, which became Bullock, which is now Macy's. So very successful um, business people. And he and his wife lived in the house. Um, he was remarried three times. And it is rumored that one of the Mrs. Letts actually died in the house. So that's where the original ghost stories come from. And uh, yeah, so, so and, and her death is a mystery because some say that she jumped from the balcony to the marble floor and others say that uh, she was pushed. But I can't find proof of either of those things, and I've mm. tried. So I have a, a historian that's working on it with me, and we're trying to like get to the bottom of what happened with right. the flats in the house. So um, when you invest, do an investigation for this series, uh, Ghost Magnet, or just on your own, what are some of the, uh, the, the gadgets that you take with you? Well, for my... Um, for my ghost hunting kit is pretty small. So I have an, a couple of EMF meters. I have um, a voice recorder. I have a video camera. I have some um, motion detectors. I have uh, a laser thermometer. And that's really about it. I also use my phone for recording quite a bit. Okay. I don't have a ton of stuff. A lot of times I get together with, um, I'm invited to come with other paranormal groups and they have varying equipment. I mean, some people just walk in with literally dousing rods and other people have like the full setup, like they are uh, ghost hunters on, on the travel channel or something. I mean, they have the cameras and the huge monitors and they have the SLS camera and they have the, um, 
oh, what's the name for the box that goes in between the stations to pick up Frank's box? The words from the station. Frank's, yes, Frank's box. Yeah. Ah. Yes. Um, so I've worked with a, a lot of different equipment, but I don't necessarily have it in my personal kit that I take with me when I just travel or anything like that. Right. Have you have you ever captured any sort of grade A EVPs over the years? Um, I personally have not. I don't think they're grade A uh, EVPs. How about grade B or C? <laughs> I've had some things that I I um, think possibly I, my um, grandfather passed away. Um, it was actually my great grandfather that I had the experience with before his son um, passed away last year. And I was on um, a ghost hunt about uh, three months later from that. And, um, well, my grandfather had been very sick and he knows how much I love the paranormal and everything. So we had a deal that if he, um, when he passed away, that he would give me some sort of sign if it was possible. And, uh, he, we, we had a secret code and everything and he passed away. I didn't get any kind of sign immediately anyway. Then I was at doing this ghost hunt and it was kind of, um, near my hometown and we were actually there for his funeral that weekend, but he had died months prior. We just did the, the funeral later. And um, I was doing the ghost hunt and we were using that box. Uh, and it, I, I said, I, wa- I wanted a sign for my grandfather if he was still around. And I asked if he was there or here with us. And this EVP was so creepy that we got, it came back and he said, I'm still here. And it was so clear and it was, and his voice was, I felt like he had a kind of a very distinct voice and it sounded so much like his voice to me and it just gave me chills. And we, I kept the recording wow. and that's probably like the, the craziest recording EVP I've ever gotten because it, it was in direct response to my question. Yes. Yes. And, and it, and it, to me and to other people in my family, it definitely sounded like his voice. My dad, which it was his dad that passed away, didn't think it sounded like his voice, but everyone else did. So that, that gives me a little bit of pause, but I mean, the fact that it was just a direct response even, right. I liked, but he wasn't able to give me the code word uh, well, that you, we had for each other. It's It almost, the deal you had so, with your granddad sounds like the, the Harry and Bess Houdini deal. Do you know about that? I know, yeah. right? Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, see, and my grandpa had actually, um, like coded on the table uh, at, in the hospital uh, months before. And he said, and then they revived him. And, and he said that he remembered, he remembered that I, he, that I was supposed to give him, a, that I was supposed to give, he was supposed to give me a sign. Right. And then, um, so then when he passed, did pass away a couple months later and we knew it was coming, like he specifically took himself off of dialysis. So right. they gave him like seven days after that. So we all, we had like a big party and we, you know, all got together and we went, had a nice dinner. Like we spent a lot of time together with our huge extended family. Did like some big events that week. And, um, 
And then sure enough, he died like a couple of days later. So we knew it was coming. We talked about our little pact and like, so I just felt like if, if this is going to happen, this is how it's going to happen, you know? Right. And have you, I don't know if you believe in mediums and that sort of thing, but have you, I'm wondering if you've gone to mediums uh, and, um, you know, to try and find out if any of them can, can relay the code. I haven't. Um, I was just sort of hoping that it would happen naturally, like uh, just that there would be just some sort of sign, other than the the EVP that we recorded. Right. Um, right. Uh, and but then I was talking to somebody else who said that they had a deal with somebody, and it took four and a half years, and they finally got their their sign. Interesting. So I, I have to believe too that maybe um, when you cross over there, they don't necessarily have the sense of time that we have. Oh, I believe you know, that, for sure. We're very, you know, by our 24-hour clock. But I feel like on the other side, they they, they don't have that. Exactly. We, we experience so, time in a linear fashion. There, it, it's past, present, and future. It's just, it's all the same, I think. Yeah, so I think four months could be four years. It could feel like four years, to the, or vice versa. You know, four years could feel like four months to them or whatever. It's not the same exactly. as it is here. Exactly. So it could come at any time. I've got my eyes peeled <laughs> for it. <laughs> you should uh, you should go pay a visit to, uh, do you know Sloane Bella? Sloane is, oh, she's a wonderful medium uh, in, uh, in Hollywood. Uh, look her up, and uh, she's online. And um, I'd be curious to see if she could come up with your code. I don't want to put her on the spot, mm-hmm. but uh, anyway, she's a good friend. Um, so t- let's get back to uh, uh, Ghost Magnet. Uh, do you want to give us a tease on some other upcoming episodes? Well, I'm going to be having on um, Scott Michaels from Dearly Departed, and he's going to be talking to us about some of the crazy stuff about things that are going on in L.A., specifically Benedict Canyon. Are you familiar with that area in L.A.? Is that just below the observatory? It, it is um, It is home to where the, the Tate murders took yeah, place. Right. The Sharon Tate and the, the Manson murders. And Lobianca, and, yeah. Um, it's also, yeah. And it's also, um, it's also where Gene Harlow lived and Paul Byrne killed himself. It's where uh, Robert Durst um, killed his best friend. There's just a lot of weird energy and a lot of weird stuff that go on in Benedict Canyon. And so we're going to talk about the, the kind of the curse of Benedict Canyon. And uh, I also have done a, a ghost hunt, and I'm friends with David Oman. He lives like next door to where the where Sharon Tate, Sharon the Sharon the Manson murders and Sharon Tate took place on Cielo so, Drive. Um, there, yeah, Cielo Drive. Yeah, he lives right next door to the house that that happened in has been torn down, and a big mansion has been built in that spot. But he lives right outside that gate. So um, he's had a lot of weird experiences there. I've actually done a guided ghost tour with him. I took a group of people up to his house to experience it because there's definitely an odd energy and weird stuff. And talk about EVPs. That guy has a whole catalog of them and stuff that he's caught at that house. Right, right. The uh, the diner, uh, was it the Coyote Diner where Sharon... Tate had her last meal. Mm -hmm. Have you been, I mean, you can go there and and the waiter points out, you know, this is where she was sitting. I don't know. Have you been, have you done an investigation there? I've not done an investigation there, but I've definitely eaten there a lot of times. Mm. Did you get a vibe? (laughs) That place is usually so packed 
and awaiting there's like a, a line to get in that I feel like that's hard to get a vibe when it's there's that much energy going on in there and and the music going and I don't know if you noticed uh, if you were there during business hours but everybody's you know they um, all the waitresses are dressed in the the traditional yeah. Mexican really colorful so it's very loud very colorful very packed I feel like it's hard to get any kind of vibe in there when things when things are going like that yeah that's a good point you'd have to go after it closes um, yeah, that would be better. I didn't follow up on the, uh, the the first episode on the Playboy Mansion. So, I mean, not to give it all away, obviously, because people want to listen to the first yes. episode on, on March 11th. But, uh, I mean, can we expect some surprises? Did you dis- Were you shocked, surprised? Well, so um, I had the, the guy that I had come on, he definitely told me some stories about the mansion that I did not know about and some creepy things that had happened, some paranormal type stuff that even happened to him that I did not know about. And um, since then, actually, we he talked to other employees and told them that he did my show and everything. And they were like, oh, she should ask me to come on because they have all kinds of stories. So I think I'm going to have to be doing a, a Playboy Mansion part two because it sounds like a lot of people have a lot of stories and especially the staff. I guess some of the staff were just too afraid to even go into certain rooms alone. Well, the great thing about a series, you know, like uh, they always say, does it have legs? Well, this series definitely has legs. I mean, you could do probably four, five, six seasons alone just in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, But do you have plans to sort Mm -hmm. of take it on the road and go to Chicago and and haunted locations in St. Louis or uh, your old stomping grounds in Oregon? Definitely. I would love to. I definitely want to do that, take it on the road and visit all kinds of places. In fact, I'm hoping that this show is a catalyst for that. You know, I, I, want, I want to do those kinds of things. And um, what better excuse, you know? All right. So, Ghost Magnet debuts March the 11th, and it's uh, available on Spotify and iTunes. And uh, I guess to subscribe, they just uh, type in Ghost Magnet. Yes. All right, Bridget, great meeting you. Good luck with the show. Thank you so much. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back to tell you a little bit about the next episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the Star Chamber. $20 a month is the Whistleblower tier. And a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and Whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me. And all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. Since YouTube demonetized my channel, I need your support more than ever. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Coming up next time. A documentary filmmaker discusses strange synchronicities surrounding the 40th anniversary of the Iranian Revolution, the upcoming 40th anniversary of the Iran hostage crisis, and the timing of the U.S. sanctions placed on Iran by President Trump. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new 
Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting. 